0: Ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam, the SLB. And alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, man's voice of reason, Scott, as well as our latest addition to the podcast. He's the man of many numbers, John, the lamp, Statman. We come to you from above the ring, Shippen Studios, premier wrestling podcast, covering all things from AEW WWE worldwide on Monday morning. Turner time. Hey guys, it's been a couple of weeks. Actually, it's been a quiet couple of weeks for wrestling. Knock on wood, because every time we say that, it gets wild.
1: It's true, probably by the time you know this this drops on Monday, we'll have ten thousand new things to talk about. But that's just how this works. It's
2: a whole bunch going on all the time, always in the world of professional wrestling, mm. especially when we're recording. <laughs>
0: It is non stop, and you guys, if you want to listen to a lot more wrestling stuff, make sure you check out Scott's NX Review, NXT Narrative, and Smackdown Study that drops on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, respectively. We got a wild card coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's that quiet, but some big things happening. Mm. Go through this really quickly. Um, by the time this drops, as of right now, um, waiting for Stardom and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Royal Quest 2 to happen. Um, The seventh big day on the seventh AW Battle of the Belts four one match as of right now only announced and Impact's Bound for Glory we're gonna go through that card quickly the eighth the following day Scott's looking forward to this Extreme Rules Ron's mm-hmm. back SmackDown uh, on the tenth New Japan Pro Wrestling's Declaration of Power in Tokyo on the fifteenth Triple A's CMLL no Triple A Mexico City CMLL's Universal Amazon Championship. So we don't have anything. October's kind of slow, but November's going to ramp up really quickly. Mm. Uh, yeah, Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory. Uh, this is a cool card. I'm going to just go through it quickly right now. I'm probably going to watch it. We're not going to be able to live tweet it, but there's definitely some matches on this card I want to check out. And if I get my hands on it, uh, Scott, John, I will afford uh, you you know, my fight you know, to check it out. Um, pre-show Brian Myers to be determined for the Impact Digital Media Championship. So that's got to be a big reveal. Okay. Josh Alexander, and Eddie Edwards for the Impact World Championship. Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich for the Knockouts World Championship. I don't know more. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett taking on the Motor City Machine Guns for the Impact titles, tag titles. Mike Bailey and Frankie Kazarian for the X Division title. Mia Yim and Mickey James in a career threatened match. If Mickey James loses, she will retire from in-ring competition. VXT, Chelsea Green, Indiana Prazo, take it on Jessica and Taya Valkyrie for the Impact Knockouts World Tag Titles. And then the 20-man intergender, 20-man, the 20-wrestler intergender Call Your Shot Gauntlet.
1: Ooh. Um, Ooh, the Call Your Shot Gauntlet's always, that's always a fun match. Oh, that should be good.
0: So keep in mind, too, and I I don't know, we didn't obviously talk about last week's Impact, but uh, I think Road to Victory, No, Victory Road. We had the debut of Bobby Fish and Impact.
1: Mm, Yes, that's true.
0: So who knows where he's going to show up? I'm curious, always curious about Impact. Like I've said, with the lack of Ring of Honor, which we will talk about Mm. this episode, the lack of Ring of Honor, uh, Impact is definitely a brand to be checking out. It almost steps, nowadays, and I I say this religiously, and Scott will say, it almost feels like a ramped up production of Ring of Honor Mm. right now.
2: I agree.
0: Do not, do not ignore Impact or this card. We're going to hop right into the news next. Uh, First and foremost, and I know I went through that quickly. uh, Big, shocking news. This is probably the biggest thing this week. The legend, the man, the myth, the creator of New Japan Pro Wrestling, the, I don't even, so many titles, politician, lawmaker. You know, he's technically... The guy who fought Muhammad Ali in the very first MMA match, Antonio Anoki, passed away this weekend at 79. Uh, this one definitely shocking, and they mentioned it on SmackDown.
1: Yep. Um, I don't know if Rampage yeah, had mentioned it. Uh, probably not because oh, it was taped. It was yes. taped, Yeah. yeah.
2: So. Uh,
1: very. I'm very- sure they'll
2: make mention of it this this Wednesday on Dynamite.
1: Yeah, I think they. I think Tony put out a tweet. Um, at some point last night or some point on Friday night about it, but yeah, it's 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 sad. It's really sad. I wouldn't be surprised if Dynamite does a, like a like a thirty
0: second or minute like video package because of their connection with the company. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, the, i what what's there to say about the man? You know, he started New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm. You know, he pretty much eh, there's a lot there's a lot to say about this guy. He's I would say he's like the Vince McMahon from uh, Japan. In a sense, in regards to just creating the monster of New Japan, you know, he was obviously a wrestler in the WWF back in the day. First Japanese World Champion for WWF, found that one out today.
1: Yeah, I, uh, Corey Graves talked about that on SmackDown. Uh, apparently, it was a it was a controversial title reign, and it's not actually um, apparently it's not recognized. Correct. Yeah, it's not recognized yeah. by WWE, but they still made mention of it. So, all right, which is actually now is
2: the time to recognize.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, but you know, we definitely because of New Japan and Ring of Honor. But New Japan, I think we probably wouldn't be, we wouldn't have this podcast because that's what's kept, uh, kept me involved in wrestling for the the dark times. That's of, true. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the WWE when I was you know starting to fizzle out. Uh, but best to him and his family, and the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Show always goes on. Speaking about, uh, we're going to stay on the Japanese wrestling topic quickly. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, we I don't even know how we want to word this now, uh, since we're doing this biweekly. Sting is going to be participating in the Great Muda's retirement match in, in with Pro Wrestling Noah in January um yokohama hall you know they go back year, year longer than i've probably been alive to be honest with you but <laughs> you
1: probably actually i think i think you're right uh it was nice for muda to show up uh what was it on dynamite yes uh, to help save sting which a lot of people were like <laughs> they're pulling the bobby heath which side is he on <laughs> I And mean, i i kind
2: of think that this him showing up is kind of getting Overshadowed by the very bad bump that Julia Hart took oh, Jesus. at that same moment, too.
1: God. Oh,
2: so yeah, I think was... like, it's unfortunate. So, yeah, I mean, I have this article up here about uh, Sting and the Great, great Muda, and it kind of talks about the history they have with one another a little bit. So, uh, this is from prowrestlingpost.com. So, despite being polar opposites of one another, it is 68 recorded matches that they faced against or with one another, either in a a battle bowl. I'm not sure what that is. Hmm. Uh, a singles, singles, tag team, or six-man tag that showcased uh, how they raised each other up countless times. They brought the best out of one another. Yeah. So these guys go back to facing off all the way back in 1989. So I think it's appropriate that they have this. They have this retirement match coming. What was it, January? Yeah. These guys go back. That that's almost as long as I I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's longer than I have.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is gonna be in with Pro Wrestling Noah. I figured it'd be like with New Japan or All Japan, but um I think that might be something we want to check out. I've always I, every so often I'll put on Pro Wrestling Noah and there's always a fascinating match. I think I saw it was a somebody won the triple crown for New Japan, all Japan and Pro Wrestling Noah there. Somebody I forgot his name, but um, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Of course, January is a big time in Japan and our favorite actually January is a good time for wrestling in general. That is correct, sir. We got the Tokyo dome and of course the road to WrestleMania begins. So a little couple, couple little small things. going to go over quickly. Uh, if you've been watching dynamite for the past couple of weeks, juice Robinson, he's no longer signed with uh, new Japan for wrestling and they plan on making him. It sounds like uh more active with the company. He sounds like he'll be, at some point, it sounds like they might sign him, which I'll tell you right now that match with Moxley, and we could talk about it when we get to Dynamite. I what what else does it say? Yeah,
1: it's great,
0: it's incredible. Yep. Uh, following that, and I th- this is where, and again, we'll talk about it when we get to gets a Dynamite because there's a lot of questions we have the past couple of weeks. Bandito has been offered a full time contract. Yep. But Roosh is officially signed with AEW, which I thought he was maybe it was by appearance deal Me too. Yeah. So we got a lot of ring of honor, new Japan talent, or let's just focus former ring of honor talent signing. So there's a lot of questions we have and we will, we will address that
2: when we talk about dynamite.
0: Well, one uh, question
2: I want to, I want to ask regarding that is okay. So juice Robinson's a free agent. We uh, you know, Roosh just, just signed with AEW. So I got to, I want to ask you guys, with all the turmoil and from the cm punk and the elite stuff from the media scrum from all out do you think it's tougher for tony khan to get these free agents to want to come to AEW now
0: i think there's a lot of i think between that um i would even argue with the 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 change in wwe and wwe re- reaching out to former talent um, and others asking for, you know, their resignation, you know, just word of mouth that others have asked for their release from AEW, whether it be because of the company itself or to go to WWE. I don't know. I I th- There's still a lot of pieces in play here, especially with the media scrum. We still, everyone's still suspended. Who's suspended?
2: Well, also, even aside from not even, even putting the media scrum fiasco aside, like, what about the stuff going on with Malachi Black? And, you know, now... Yeah buddy murphy so there's a lot of a lot of mixed stories with why malachi black needed to step away you know whether it was he asked for his release or he wanted to go go back to wwe he some mental health issues he was having and well what's weird about it is that he i think he made a statement he made a really lengthy statement on his social media and it was just really long (laughs) I, i don't want to read the whole thing here but if you want to see it it's there and it contradicts with a lot we're hearing about this story. And what's also odd about it is that we're hearing the same thing from buddy Murphy that potentially he asked for his release too. And so you got to wonder about Malachi black, because what are the odds that two people from the same faction want to, want to ask for their release?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting situation because you know, the internet wrestling community jumps on something and they run with it for a while. And then, like you talked about with Malachi going on his instagram live and and having this long video about you know how he just needs time away. He's gonna be back with aew in in a matter of time, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just like, well, hold on. everybody's saying you're wanting your release, but you're coming out saying that you don't. so it's it's tough to try to figure out, you know, where the actual sources i don't know like who's legit who's just making shit up just to stir the pot um i don't know i mean honestly I, I would love for him to go back to wwe obviously his wife's there number one uh number two he had a phenomenal relationship with triple h so yep. i mean honestly the house of black started off like fire but recently it's just kind of not really done much i mean i thought brody king coming in would have reignited everything, but it it really hasn't. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate. And this stuff with Buddy, it's I can kind of echo for what, you know, I just said about Malachi. I mean, Buddy had a great relationship with Triple H as well. And so I don't know. it's it's kind of tough to figure out who's actually correct here. Uh, I would obviously tend to believe the wrestlers themselves because why would they yeah. lie? but i don't know it's sometimes they're just trying to cover tracks too it's, well I, I don't know i don't know if i mentioned this to you sam
2: but i mentioned it to scott i think mentioned it to scott yesterday or maybe it was in our group chat but malachi black apparently said that he was receiving death threats
1: yeah and, and that's that's just which is that's insane. yeah
2: like what's the, what is the issue with the guys stepping away for a a mental health reason or something like that even if he did want to go back to wwe it's like
1: cody did it yeah and i'm sure cody got the same and i'm sure cody got the same death threats too it's just it's 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 just insane it's just some 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 fans and i'll say that with quotations take things a little too seriously sometimes and it just it gets out of hand real quick um, I get it. You you love a character for where they are. You don't want them to go back to the Fed, as people call it. It's just you know, it's just this tribalism bullshit really needs to stop. Because if social media was around during the Monday Night Wars, dear lord, this what's going on now would probably be child's play. So well,
0: the other thing that uh, I'll I'll, I'll make this a very sensitive topic really quickly. So we you know we talk about these de- you know stuff like that, which is asinine. But you got to let's let's go back. Let's let's go back a bit. When i even going to talk wrestling, you know, John Lennon got killed in New York because of a fan was upset. They broke up. That same thing happened mm. with Pantera's Dimebag Daryl. I, it, you know, Very I think this, it's also, you know, aside from fans taking it too personally, I think it. I don't want to go crazy. I don't want to start, you know, not this is not political. But what I'm saying is I think that's a whole. Question about the whole mental, you know, this mental health crisis we keep talking about, yeah. and it's not good. You know, especially since we're at a point where we all know what wrestling is. It's a, you know, it's a, it's. I don't want to say kayfabe, but we all know what it is now compared to what it was forty years ago, mm. bro. If if yeah. Cody wants to go back to WWE because he's happier there and he he, he thinks he can get a, a better deal than he did the last time, cool. Things are different now. You know, if Malachi wants to. Geez, if Seth Rollins wants to come back as uh, Tyler Black and go to AEW, sure, you know if that's what they want, that's what they want. People are toxic, and social media is not a help business. That.
2: Yeah. yeah, Anyway, I know I know you mentioned Juice Robinson, so I, I we we segue to Malachi Black there, but I I think it falls under the fact that I think Tony trying to get these guys to sign with, with AEW is more difficult than in the last couple of years. Yeah,
0: especially now he's doing what Vince was doing when AEW started, where he's starting to like lock people in. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I mean, you do have a contract. I mean, at some point he 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 has given him a freer reign. You know, he's not telling me you can't do anything but AEW. You can go do what you want, but with some exceptions, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously some exceptions, but it's a little a little frustrating to see what you know. You know, Tony's starting to kind of almost flip the coin and do the things that, we you know, we were criticizing WWE for doing yep. at one point. But again, you know, there's still a lot of good, a lot of solid, you know, solid stuff going on here. I mean, the talent that they're taught, we're just talking about signing this talent. So yeah. If the WWE guys, I'm going to put quotes there, you know, depends on your take on it, but the people who have been in WWE and have weren't there long enough to be recognized as a WWE talent want to go back. That's fine. All the people who've been bitching about them coming over. Guess what? Juice Robinson, yes, he was in WWE, but he wasn't. He's not a WWE guy, right? You know, mm-hmm. you have Bandito, you have Roosh, all these other people who aren't who are indie talent, still essentially, come over. And now you get to they get to shine a light. You know, we have had in AEW, they have created their own stars. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. You know, still,
0: you know, the best friends are moreover you – Yeah, know, day one, and they're still one of the more popular acts in the company um you know the lucha brothers um and again yeah i know impact it'll turn the ground da, 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 but we're talking about like on the national television scale right it gives these people an opportunity to shine and you know be as big stars just like you know before we if you were and you can get in wwe you're no worth you know you yeah, had no worth no face in it, you know um no cash to your face. I don't know. I'm rambling. Still looking. Like
2: you know? <laughs> no, no, na- no money to your name. <laughs> that I think, I think that's how it's supposed to come across. Yeah,
1: I think he he was blending that with face value. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that,
1: that's yeah. All uh, so <laughs> that being said,
0: you know, it's it's a, it, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm curious about these new talent signings and people releasing and going to WWE, and you know, there's all this other these other options. Okay, still a golden time. There's a lot of places to go. Like we talked about, Bobby Fish showed up on Impact. Not where I thought he was going to go. No. Yeah, no.
1: definitely not. No.
0: So we're going to see uh, what we want to bring up. This is, you know, last bit of news here. Vice TV, you know, uh, the place they were doing Dark Side, of the, Dark Side of the Ring. They've recently announced that they're in the process of producing a new documentary about Vince McMahon, covering his whole career. Including his retirement resignation. This is gonna happen uh, oh in October. So we're this month. So they must have a lot of information, a lot of I'm 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 wondering if this is the same the production company doing this, is the same people doing Tale of the Territories, which is the Rocks production company. Maybe because to have that already, hey, we're just gonna we have one we're working on, it's gonna go out this week or this month. You're like Vince McMahon, he's like the you can't touch that man, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we do have Tales of the Territory starting this week. Mm. Uh, I didn't see what episode it was. I do have it ready to DVR. I love Dark Side of the Ring. I love these documentaries where you touch on things that have not, you know, either you know controversial topics or things people don't know about or things that have been lost to time. It's a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. At some point, we will talk about these episodes. But that being said, uh, I believe that cans it for the news today. We're going to go right in the dynamite, which I think – Will be the focal point of the other bits that we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So this was like a hit or miss card. This, you know, I enjoyed this card, but there were definitely some things we'll we'll talk about. Um, we had the Jericho Appreciation Society celebration. They all came out like the uh the cobras from Dodgeball. Yes.
1: Um,
0: and we had you know Luigi Primo join the Ocho and the rest of the crew. <laughs> um, not a bad, not a bad segment, a Kuwaita. Actually, you know what? If I'm not mistaken, this was the segment that pretty much we were going to talk about. Because there were some things said here by Jericho, which I think all put us on alert. Especially talking about specifically, he talks about now he's the Ring of Honor champion, and now he's gonna destroy Ring of Honor. Which <sighs> Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question here. And I want, oh well, this is gonna be our focal point. Is this the end of the invasion angle?
1: God, I hope not. Uh, I, I truly hope that this is not going to be uh, ROH versus AEW and the winner takes over type of nonsense, because I think that would be incredibly foolish. You have a whole nother platform that you can send your developing talent to. Let them shine on another television show if you're able to do that, or hell, even put it on YouTube. Don't kill what which has been the best independent wrestling organization in the world don't do it i think that would be a colossal mistake if they were to do something like that i get that jericho wants to run roughshod now and just destroy all the former roh champions that's great if that's going to be his gimmick for a little while let it go i like the whole ultra thing i think it's hilarious it reminds me of dodgeball it always will um, But somebody needs to challenge him eventually, beat him for the title, and then hopefully at that point be the catalyst to go off and do ROH stuff and bring all the rest of the ROH talent with them. That's my hope. My fear is what you just mentioned about if this, if this is what the end of the invasion angle was with WCW and WWE way back in the day. So, yeah.
2: I kind of think the opposite. Not I, I almost want this to be, and I'm I'm trying to piece it together in my head here, the start of an invasion angle, because what I might in my head what I'm thinking is, all right, you have Chris Jericho as the Ring of Honor World Champion, like talk about something super distasteful to what uh, Ring of Honor was established with, and he, he's even doing it in his matches. Like he's there's not he's not doing that the code of honor thing, and you know he's finding a way to win his matches, you know, not cleanly. So I, I feel like this is, he says that, you know, he says, oh, I want to destroy Ring of Honor and, uh you know, take out the ring announcers, which I'm sorry, Bobby Cruz, that happened to you. That hurt me so deeply. <laughs> but he wants to take out the champions, the referees and all that stuff. And I, I'm thinking in my head, what better way to start bringing up ring of honor than to have notable names from ring of honor rise up and try to take down jericho
1: yeah i that yeah i think you and i are coming at it the same way from well you're coming at the same destination from different directions yeah you're Mm -hmm. talking about bringing it up yeah yeah so yeah no i understand what you're trying to say yeah i i think that would be great um and like whoever eventually beats jericho all the rest of the roh talent goes off and you know, goes to ROH and and really kind of develops the whole brand under Tony Khan's image and goes from there. So yeah, no, I agree with that. I I think that would be great. Because now you have this, like, you know, this uh, tyrant at the top with the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society, and they're going to fend off all the ROH people until one person finally just blows through everybody and beats Jericho and, and becomes the new champ. I No, I think that's, yeah, I hope that's what happens. I, I agree with
2: exactly. you. That's exactly what my hope is because, I mean, I Tony Khan, I think, obviously didn't buy Ring of Honor for nothing.
1: Right.
0: No. But, again, I think with the way everything has been recently, um, I, and, again, different scenarios. I, I, I need to clarify this. Every single time we talk about this, it's a different scenario. There are different things in play. The initial un, – my understanding was the initial goal – for nitro was that show was supposed to continue at one point or another well they had talked about it
1: well yeah for a little while the third hour of raw was nitro that they they tried that for a little bit that that didn't do so well yeah so no you're right i remember hearing about that way back in the day talking about how nitro was supposed to be a third show for them because they had raw and smackdown and they wanted something else but yeah that ended up fizzling out
0: yeah and so that's that's my I want to be I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm definitely trying to be hopeful. But there's again, especially after the media scrum, I think a lot of people are and again very optimistic. I don't think the company's going away, but when we talk about like ring of honor, you know, that might be a catalyst of this. Because now Tony, especially with that, because there is legal ramification from that, what I'm saying. Yes, you know, this whole getting ring of honor together thing now is kind of just overshadowed by this big problem he has to handle. Right. Again, he could have solved this by having somebody else handle the Ring of Honor stuff. We've talked about it. But I don't know. I'm very weary. The way Jericho's promo was great. Mm. You know, it had nothing to do with his promo, it had nothing to do with that. I guess it's just a concern. And yeah, John, that's a great idea. Maybe it's the way they go. No, this is is the rise of Ring of Honor. This is how we're going to bring Ring of Honor back in. And especially when they're signing Rouche and Bandito and Juice Robinson, you start, you know, Willow Nightingale's getting a lot of TV time right now. And she's it's not crazy. getting any
1: wins, unfortunately. She's only but getting them she, on dark and elevation. But damn it, give us a win for Willow <laughs> on TV. But she's getting, she, she, the crowd loves her. Yeah. It would be, I long. think she was,
2: she was one of the lumber, lumberjacks this past Wednesday. That is true. Yes. Yes, yeah, she was.
1: Match. So and actually, it, it led into their match that she had on Dynamite because she ended up getting a fight in a fight with Jamie Hader during Dynamite. So yeah. Yes. It
0: worked out well. So we had uh, to kick it off. You know, Brian Ganeslin came out, took on and defeated Daddy Magic. Uh, Matt Menard via submission. MJF and Wheeler Yuta went at it. You know, M- perfect. He's perfect. Cool. Wheeler definitely needs some mic work. But I think, work, again, you put him with the best. It was Roman Reigns. We'll use Roman Reigns, for example. Wasn't great on promos. Then they're like, we're going to put you in the best. John Cena. Yep. You know, mic work gets better. Same yep. thing with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was good. But he got better when he was with Jericho. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: Championship eliminate eliminate wow eliminator (laughs) (laughs) match. John Uh, Marks, taking the juice Robinson. This this to me was like I really enjoyed this match. Thought this was I mean it had like New Japan written on it. Mm. It was fun. Um. Interestingly enough, I do want to point out, even though he's a free agent, I'm wondering if there's an angle that they're gonna do. Juice came out with the bullet club entrance.
1: That is true. Yeah, he
0: did. Then this one's bittersweet. And this is, I think the next big talking point for the week. Soraya comes out. I said that right, it's
1: right. Soraya. It is Soraya. Okay. Sure I was at like... it right no <laughs> come so She comes out to come after you on Twitter again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Came out, talked. You definitely know she's over. However, I felt like this whole bit felt a little awkward. like she goes, it was <laughs> awkward, especially when she goes, yeah, Tony Khan told me this is gonna be a lumber, you know, lumber woman, lumberjack match, and everyone it just got quiet. It was like,
2: well, another thing, like, another thing that she noted during her promo was that, you know, uh, which I don't think was. I think it was definitely how she was felt feeling at the moment. She's like, oh, I'm kind of nervous. I haven't done this in a while. So yeah. it, it, that definitely felt like what was happening, and at least she was saying that. So that I think that also led to it. I think after it's after she said that, then the rest of that uh the rest of that bit, you know, even when Britt Baker and all of them came out, it it, it felt it felt weird.
1: Yeah. No, I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, it was just and you know, I she 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 messed up the beginning part talking about um being the revolution. Um and yeah, she just she sounded like she hasn't been on a mic in like a year. So it's just, I'm sure she'll clean it up. It'll be fine. You know, she's, she's a great talent. Um, obviously she's not cleared to wrestle yet. So, but she can be an authority figure for the women. And clearly they need that right now. Um, you got what, 10, 12 women on TV that normally wouldn't be, or if they were, they'd be there for five seconds. So, I mean, she's doing some good change. So I, I'm definitely going to give her the benefit of the doubt that, like you said, it was, she was nervous. It was awkward to watch, um, but I'm only hoping it's going to get better as it goes forward.
0: What What I will say is I've always enjoyed her. I do enjoy her mic skills. Um, just clean it up and she'll be fine. She's worked yeah. with some of the best, um, but she's also been great at commentary. Yes. If you, if you wanted to, Start switching around the commentary team. You know, have Excalibur be the like the the main, and then you can switch between you know maybe JR and Taz and you know Page you know Page Soraya. I said Page. Wow, because <laughs> you you do have a lot of great mic t- like even like Ricky Starks. I love when he's on commentary. Mm. You know, give them all a chance to shine there because at some point or another, their careers are gonna be you know they're not gonna be a wrestler anymore. So they're gonna have to find if they want to stay in the business. They got to find something else to do. So following that, that led right into the. Uh, Tony Storm and Serena Deeb match, which, again, Serena, talented, wonderful. Uh, Tony retained there. Then we had, I think this was a squash between Star- Starks and Eli Issam. Am I pronouncing that?
1: Yeah, uh, he was a former ROH talent, I believe, okay. because Ian Riccoboni was on commentary, I believe, for one of these matches. Uh, he was
0: on for the main event because it was, was
1: the, the of Ring of Honor event. title. That's
2: right. Yeah, I did, I did ask myself. Who's that when when that match started? No,
0: oh, no, no. We had a uh, Jericho taking on Bandito for the Ring of Honor title. Great. Yeah. I I don't even like again. Ring of Honor matches are usually par better than most. You know, AEW or WWE. Man, just the quality, the talent. That very uh, ring aware. Chris Jericho. Again, what to say about the goat? Bandito. Well, yeah, that
2: I I thought Bandito did pretty well and actually made Jericho on I, I, for me. He's he's sloppy sometimes, but he. He's just, but for his age, he's still pretty good. He, it depends on it depends on the match, but this one he had. Bandito was a good opponent, and he brought out a lot of good the good parts of Jericho right now. And I think this this match was actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, and Bandito and Roosh are both former Ring of Honor
2: world champions.
1: Yep.
0: So, you're not bringing in no. I mean, granted, Ring of Honor's never had slouch. They've been very, very particular with who they've signed
1: yeah that's true
0: yeah um but we're gonna hop over to thursday uh the go home show for bound for glory uh trey miguel and laredo kid taking on and losing to ace austin and chris bay which is that's a weird one totally out of the loop there i no. ace austin chris bay nope i'm mixing them up never mind i looked at the photo and i like, read it back wow okay i haven't even eaten yet guys i hope you're enjoying <laughs> this This is better than the episode when I was drunk. (laughs) The digital media championship was successfully defended by Brian Myers against crazy Steve delirious and black Taurus took on each other with Taurus getting the win. I don't know more had their victory celebration. I guess they did win the titles there. I haven't really looked at the, the, the impact plus card um, shows recently. Uh, Rich Schwann and Heath defeated PCO and good old Vincent. And then the main event, a monsters ball alley catch taking on Masha Slamovich with Slamovich getting the win. That leads us right into Rampage getting loaded card. They, they they know how to jam Rampage and time it, I guess, accordingly. Yeah. This kicking off with, of course, the best tag team there is <laughs> the acclaim taking on Private Party and Butcher and Blade, uh, with the acclaim obviously getting the win. Lee Moriarty, squash, and fuego del Sol. Jamie Hayter getting the win over Willow Nightingale. And then a lot of fun. Roosh taking on
1: and defeating the Meat Man. Johnny Hungy. Johnny Silver. What, what's interesting, though, about that, before the main event happened, we had one hell of a match that's being set up for next Friday's Rampage. Uh, we'll probably cover that after or for for next, not next week, but the week after this episode. It is a mask versus Career match 10 has to put his mask on the line against Andrade. And if Andrade loses, Andrade's gone from AEW. But if he wins, he gets to take the mask from 10, who was who the mask was given to given to him by Brody Lee. This is very very personal match for next week. So I honestly hope that next rampage is live and not taped during dynamite because. I don't want to see those spoilers because you know people are gonna put them online, especially if Andrade loses. I think
0: I want to say it's live because of Battle of the Belts. I want to say, don't quote me on that.
1: I, I hope so. I hope so. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure on that either. But yeah, I hope. I hope that's the case. And that could go either way. That really could go either way. You know yeah, what I mean? I, it's it's funny. The internet is completely split on that. They don't know like who's who's gonna win this. And I'm like, well, that's good. I hopefully, like you said, if it's a live show. That will be in suspense until it actually happens. We will be...
0: Uh, we keep an eye on that, like we do anything wrestling-related. That being said, like we said, after Battle of the Belts, we have the Extreme Rules pay-per-view Saturday. Yes,
1: Glad WWE's yes. picking up on the Saturday thing. In yes. AEW. The only sad part about this show being on Saturday is it's the same night as EWA, so I have to miss that show for the second month in a row. I'm very sad about this. But I gotta cover... I have to cover extreme rules because extreme rules pay-per-view has to our our premium live event has actually turned back into an extreme rules show every single match has a stipulation attached to it i couldn't be happier about it so far we have six matches don't know if they're going to add any more honestly i'm happy with just the six um we have Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey going for the SmackDown Women's Championship in an extreme rules match you have Bianca Belair and Bailey in a ladder match for the Raw Women's title which i found out also this is the first time there's ever been a ladder match for a women's title ever and i i, I couldn't believe hearing that but hey okay i'm i'm fine with that we have Matt Riddle taking on Seth frickin' Rollins inside the Fight Pit. If you haven't seen the Fight Pit matches from NXT, I implore you, please go watch them. They are brutal, beyond brutal. This one, obviously, I'm hoping is going to finalize this whole feud, and it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, Drew McIntyre and Karrion Kross in a strap match. Edge taking on the Judgment Days, Finn Balor in an I Quit match. And then the Brawling Brutes and Imperium and a six-man, good old-fashioned Brook match. That will be one night after SmackDown, where the Intercontinental Championship is on the line once again as Walter will defend it against Sheamus in Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, good old, good old Worcester getting some yeah. love. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to next week. The go home shows for the Raw review and SmackDown study will be fun to record. I can't wait. I'm so happy with the Triple H era so far, and it's it has it reinvigorated my love for WWE's product, and it makes me so goddamn happy.
0: It makes me upset that I moved out of Florida. Moved to Florida when I did. Jeez, between AW and <laughs> WWE
1: in the next couple months. Not yeah. Not to mention Survivor Series in Boston in November. Three dynamites in Connecticut and Massachusetts. Jeez. Yep. Crazy time. Crazy time. Yeah, there's a
2: whole lot happening up there.
1: There is, yeah. I mean, Tony Khan did say that Northeast is the jewel of all professional wrestling. So I'm like, well, I'm not gonna disagree with this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the other interesting thing about this card, um, I don't want to, you know, talk too much about it. It actually looks interesting. Um, this is the only this is the first card I can recall that's not women's evolution. Where a man's title is not being defended. Both women's titles are. Yep. That that's interesting. That is, I'm um, that's great for the women's division. Absolutely. I'm curious who's gonna
1: main event this. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I would not be surprised if it's Bianca and Bailey or Liv and Rhonda. I would say the women are probably gonna main event this show. We might have one at the beginning, one at the end. I I really truly feel like they'll push one of the women as the uh the main event
0: yeah and I'm, I'm i'm gonna check it out i don't know if i'll watch it live but i'm gonna watch it because um if you said like the extreme for a while extreme rules was getting to the point where it's like we got a we got a ladder match and then we got matches
1: yeah cool yeah it was like a, it was like a maybe a slightly more extreme version of raw
0: if you wanted to get rid of the hardcore word for extreme rules you know vice versa sure but to call it extreme rules and then have no extreme rule matches right is insane and insulting.
1: yeah. and also that this card is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
0: Ah, uh, the home
1: of yeah, exactly. the home of extreme. So yeah, you kind of have to go with it. but it's it's triple h. he's he knows he knows what's up when it comes to these things. I'm very happy that this this whole premium live event has gone back to its roots of being a little bit more extreme.
0: Well, with that being said, that's going to bring us up into our topic this week. We're talking about this stream rules, you know, hardcore matches, whatever you want to call them been around for a long time. So we want to talk about what our favorite gimmick match was. We, you know, we definitely have thought about this. There's plenty of content to talk about it, but before we do, John, random stand about gimmick matches or hardcore matches, what you got for me?
2: Well, all right. I have, some miscommunication cuz my stat <laughs> my stat does not have to do with the gimmick match. Is that for the next question? Well, I well, I mean no, the gimmick matches will will go over, but my stat I thought about this on the fly because because Antonio Inoki passed away.
0: Oh, okay. No, that's All fair.
2: Right. Okay. Yep, 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 so yep. I I wanted so I want I I wanted us to talk about the gimmick, the favorite gimmick matches to go inside with extreme rules. I thought that my fact for the week would be kind of in in his like as a way to remember him. Oh, okay. no,
1: perfect. We're, we're yeah, cool yeah. with that. Yep, that's perfect.
2: Um so my stat for the week I wanted to center around uh the IWGP heavyweight title. Okay. So now I'm I'm it's different now because then the the IWGP World Heavyweight title doesn't have as much history because they had that uh, they had that unification last year with the, with their intercontinental title. Yeah. So that was be, so that became a brand new title. So this will be around the one of the belts that was unified. All right. So I have a few statistics here for the IWGP heavyweight championship. So you can make some guesses if you want once I say it. So who's the, the first champion? Antonio anoki Was Antonio Anoki? The the last champion.
0: Not Antonio Nogi.
2: No. <laughs> um, so Kota Ibushi.
0: Yep, that was my guess because Kota and Okada were fighting over when they were going to unite them.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, the most title reigns. <laughs> I have. <sighs> You're looking for a number or for a wrestler? A wrestler, and, and then I'll say the number.
0: I it's yeah. either. Um, is it? My guess would be my guess would be Okada. It was either Okada or there's uh, who's the other name in the
2: '90s that was big over there
0: for Mitsu uh, that was his name, I don't know. Can
2: we say so most title reigns Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh
1: Tanahashi, yeah. Oh,
2: okay, oh that was my second guess. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, then uh, longest reign. Okada. Yes. 700, seven hundred. Kazuchika Okada, seven hundred twenty days. Uh, no, shortest. No, no, just <laughs> shortest <that>. reign. <laughs>
0: Ooh, I would say that had to be either um Shingo
2: Takage. Oh, I'm Shingo Takage. Uh Kensuke Sasaki. Sixteen okay. days. That's short for uh the it's title. Like two weeks. Yeah. Uh the all right. So these are the uh, last two here. The oldest champion. I would say Tanahashi. He might be up there, but it's not him. Interesting. It's not noki is it? It's not Inoki. Okay. Jenny Chiro Tenryu is 49 years old. Wow. Okay. Nope. I, I
0: I pulled a photo. Yep. I've seen him wrestle a few yeah. times. Yeah.
2: And then the okay. uh, last one here for you, the the youngest champion. It's either Shinsuke Nakamura or Okada. I'm going to go with Shinsuke. Shinsuke Nakamura. Nice. Uh, 23 years old.
1: Wow.
2: That's why he's... Uh, wow. He was know, young I mean, when he won that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those, yeah. Are, those are my... That's my stat man fact for the week for the uh the Great Antonio Inoki. That was a, that was a good one. Definitely.
0: <laughs> I, I I literally was thinking to myself like, "Guy, oh, he's probably just going to have it with the gimmick and not even thinking, oh, he has a new Japan one." That was those <laughs> of the well, of touch base we can uh, <laughs> place that accordingly going forward. The one I was thinking of when we talked about most reigns was uh Tatsumi Fujinami cuz he was um, yeah. He held the title a few times back in the 90s. But with gimmicks, I don't know. We did this last time. Who wants to go for it first with this one? I know this is there's a lot we can talk about here. Who wants to talk about their favorite gimmick first? I I will be more than willing if you want me to
2: kick this off. I do have something in mind. Yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't mind. I'll start it off for you if you want. Okay, go for it. All right. Um, mine might be a weird selection because it's not it's not around stuff with a steel cage or elimination chamber, or hell in a cell or anything like that. Like those matches. Those matches can be really great, um, but I thought of one stipulation that you don't really see that often anymore, and I thought about the first time I saw this match and uh, how much I how much it made me start to really enjoy professional wrestling. So one of my favorite gimmick matches, and this might be a surprise, is the I Quit match. Mm. And you know the first match that I ever saw this stipulation with was um, John Cena versus JBL at, at Judgment Day in like 2005, I think it was. So this was right. This was right after John Cena uh, won the WWE title. I think this was. This might have been the first pay per view after the WrestleMania he defeated JBL. Okay. Yeah. And um, I just remember this match being. Super violent, like both of the both of these guys had just these crimson masks by the end of it, and I just thought it was brutal. Like if you have time to go back and watch that match, it's a pretty. They do some crazy stuff in that match there. Yeah. <laughs> and like there's well, and also what makes the I quit matches you know um, entertaining for me is you have the referee sticking the mic in the wrestler's face. All right, do you want to quit? No. Do you want to quit? No, (laughs) so John and John Cena did a lot of I Quit matches. Mm -hmm. Like I could think of like four, four or five opponents he just he had I Quit matches with. He had them with JBL, Randy Orton, Batista, The Miz. There's a lot. There's probably and I think there was one I saw with I don't. It might have been an I Quit match, but this was at SummerSlam in 2006. I think it was mick foley and rick flair i'll have to double check on that uh, anyway the the i quit match um has always has been one of my favorite gimmicks and it's it's not the one that you don't see a whole lot you don't see it as often anymore so i and I, I i thought about the first time i saw it and so that's why that's mostly why that's that's probably my favorite
1: you you make a good point about the i quit match um, that was one of my top three as well. It's it's funny that you say that. Obviously, it's not around as often anymore, and you're right. But Edge and Finn Balor have an I Quit match at Extreme Rules, and I fully expect this to yes. be violent uh, yep. because it, it, in like the I Quit matches that were happening at least like the last like I don't know maybe five ten years have been like shells of their former match selves because I mm-hmm. don't know if Vince decided he just didn't want to get too extreme anymore because the whole pushing towards the kids stuff so I get that Um, but Triple H I I honestly feel like Edge and and Finn could tear themselves and each other apart and I'm okay with that I'm ready to watch it it's gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) for me my favorite one is one that I have not seen in years Um, it is the three stages of hell match Normally, the stipulations, they they will change as they go. Normally, the first one could be a traditional match, and then it could be, you know, a steel cage or whatever. But the violence ramps up as you go on. I think the last time we had this type of match, they didn't call it three stages of hell, but it was something to that extent was, I believe, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole uh, when they wrestled for the NXT championship <laughs> That was the last time I think I saw that style of match. Um, but just how barbaric they were back in the day. And those were always, I don't know. I, I really like the matches that really kind of people just go ape shit for. It's just those are a lot of fun for me. But yeah, that would be that would be mine.
0: So mine, mine's probably gonna be a little more uh, uh, straightforward. Um I guess we haven't mentioned it, but an honorable mention for me is a strap match. The mm. idea that you both are tied. The dog collar match, not as much, but I've always liked the strap, especially when you go back and watch. I think it was um, Dusty Rhodes back in the 70s who he fought in Madison Square Garden. I can't call. And they just went bloody with a, just a bull rope, like a fucking bull rope, a strap, kick the shit out of each other. But for me, I want to stick to probably what most people were probably thinking. To me, my favorite gimmick has probably been Hell in a Cell. And let me clarify something. We're not talking about what hell sells. cells. We're not talking about the pay-per-view match. I'm not talking about the pay-per-view match because that cool, they do it once a year. Great, fun. There was a time in my life. I remember Hell in a Cell was the end all be all. Bingo. Where Hell in a Cell was this, this, this ends now. You two are in this cage and you cannot get out. That was for special occasions. And it was very rare. That it happened, and when it did, it, yeah. And the like when they first did it, a couple. I think it was, what in the late nineties when they, you know, they'd have maybe a couple times a year, but they were spread. Paper here, show here. Yep. You didn't see them like, but it was always. And there's a lot of legendary moments that came out of that, yep. you know, especially the infamous Mick Foley and Undertaker match. But I just remember, and yeah, John and I, our my first paper I went with John was Hell in a Cell in Boston. Yep, so it was an okay card. It was the first woman's one. Sasha Banks came out. The place erupted, and then they couldn't break the table at the end. And oh, yeah. I, I that one. Yeah, I yeah. remember that well, yeah. Um, that was when Chris Jericho came and ran in, stole the keys, locked himself in. the key, yeah, just,
2: <laughs>
0: it's it, To me, it's like it has lost its like taste. It's almost like, oh, it's us sell cell time here. That means feuds are going to end. Right. It was always great as, as a surprise, whereas mm-hmm. – I'm going to jump to one that might in the future overtake it. And it hasn't because it hasn't had the tenure and it ha- it's, I think it's only gotten better with ages war games mm. because over, you know, obviously it goes back to WCW, you know, not as memorable. People don't really talk about it as much. Only recently with NXT, the old war games matches were fun to watch, but more recently, even when you knew it was war game season, you never knew when Regal was going to say it. <laughs> like that's Right. right every single time like i'd get fooled every single time We scott and i would be like oh this might be a war game yeah i don't know and then it happened like oh, i didn't see that they were able to execute it and it started game gain tr- gains traction games gain flavor they even mentioned they're gonna do it at survivor series yep so with the way hell in a cell has become where it's just like okay once a year we're just gonna have like three p three matches in the cell and it's like oh.
1: and it's red now yeah so it's not as enjoyable but People hate all the red, the red cell. I like it. I think I don't know, it's different, it makes it different than it's, the traditional. The cell. first time I saw it, it
0: was the I think it was Samoa Joe who's he wrestling in it.
2: It was hard, the Roman Reigns
0: might have been that. It just is was hard hell to Rain? watch for some reason. I don't know if it was the TV I was well, watching on.
2: The most difficult one to, to watch. Well, this was because they the red, the red hell in a cell is I've gotten used to it at first. It was weird, it was like, what the hell is this? But the weirdest one was with uh, with uh, Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins when we don't, they We, don't, the we don't speak.
1: We don't speak of that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the lighting for that one is what it, the match itself. Oh god, the match itself. But the lighting for that was really distasteful. Also,
1: yeah, because yeah, Bray <laughs> always wrestled in the in the the, the red lighting, and they had the red cage, and then the way that, yeah. that ended. It's funny. Seth Rollins just did an interview, um, I believe actually, it came out yesterday, where he talked about how that match he's like Bray and I tried our best to try to make that match as good as you possibly could but we were just actors on the stage at that point we had no say in how this was going to finish Vince would not budge and I'm like uh <laughs> okay but yeah that yeah i mean you're right the uh, the in the beginning yes it was a little difficult and everybody bitched about it and it was so funny on just reading on twitter how everybody was just everybody Everybody was complaining about this thing, so I took the stance against this. And now I think it's great, <laughs> just because. And <laughs> yeah. now, now it's just like, all right, it is what it is. You know, it's hell in a cell, but, but Sam's right. I mean, when it's the the gimmick show is 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 done, the match itself, what it leads to, it is is something that's supposed to be special, which is why I love Ooh. that they brought the fight pit. That was an NXT be all end all type of match. They're bringing that to extreme rules. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Very violent as well. Um, I look forward to seeing this. I think for me, that's my most anticipated match. Also, because it's Seth and and Riddle. It's going to be crazy.
0: I do want to give the honorable mention to a very classic match, a match we haven't seen in a long time Judy Bagwell on a pole match.
1: Classic. (laughs) You
0: know, I think we need to bring those back.
1: It's Russo has struck again.
0: I mean, at this point it could be Ric Flair on the floor match, you know. Somebody has to the first person to get Ric Flair to his feet. <laughs> yeah, guys, let's know what your favorite gimmick matches. I mean, you know, wrestling is wrestling, but there's always gonna be gimmicks. It's so obvious ones that are gonna be overused, but we're always curious. I'm always curious to see what everyone else thinks. Well, we'll be talking about all that coming up in a couple weeks. Don't forget. Guys, if you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. You can find myself as Yes will be official at Scott Scotty J Stream, and you can find John the Statman Man at his uh, You Can't Beat the Classics uh, Instagram page. Uh, we are on all streaming platforms. If there's one we are not on, please let us know. We can add ourselves on there. On your streaming platform, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why Above the Ring and ship Studios is the podcast of your choosing, and why they should listen to us as well. Everyone, thank you for listening. Once again, don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam.
1: Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the
2: blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies,
1: the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time?
2: Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our
1: earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.